0: Blog
1: Talk Radio. Welcome to NJSB's podcast program, Conversation: on New Jersey Education, a program designed to give you uh, insight into educational issues in the Garden State uh, and bring some educational leaders to you. Uh, feel free to be part of our conversation either through our chat room. Uh, to use our chat room, you'll have to log into uh, log into with Blog Talk Radio, or you can call in one. 1- 347 989 8904 and press the number one. And now let me know that you have a question. Uh, I'm looking forward to today's conversation. Today's conversation is about it's a kind of a continuation from last week's conversation, in which we had Dr. Burt Mandelbaum talk about the science behind later start times for uh, our uh, schools. Uh, With me today is a district that has, uh, not the entire district, two people from the district, the principal and the superintendent from the district of Princeton uh, in Mercer County. Uh, I have the superintendent, uh, Stephen Cochran. Welcome, Stephen. Thank you, Ray. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. And also the principal of the high school, Jessica Baxter. Welcome, Jessica.
2: Thank you very much. It's good to be here as well.
1: All right, well, before we get into it, uh, into some of the, your experience with it. I, I guess my first question is, I've seen this topic has come up a lot. I've heard it discussed a lot, and there's a lot of obstacles to it, uh, you know, things that you have to overcome. Um, so it must have been important enough for you to decide to make this change. So, uh, Steve, why do you start? Uh, why did the district decide to do this uh, move?
0: Well, we...
1: I think it's important that people
0: recognize that as you approach something like this, um, we wanted to lead with our values and, and lead with data. Um, So our, our mission statement really is around um, joy and purpose for, for students and uh, with a real focus on, on wellness and balance and innovation in learning. And so um, the, the values set the the stage for this um, discussion, but, we also led with data, so we, uh, we administered a survey um, to all of our high school students. About 90% of them took it in um, the fall of 2016, and we got some interesting data back. This is the Challenge Success Survey out of um, Stanford University School of Education, and we learned it's an engagement school engagement survey, but one of the, um, the critical takeaways for us was that our students were getting between six and six and a half hours of sleep a night. Um, And we know the research. I know that Dr. Mendelbaum talked about this, that um, when students um, have chronic sleep loss, uh, it it compromises physical health, mental health, academic performance. So, you know, as a school district that was committed to um, um, to wellness and balance and joy and purpose and high-level learning, um, this was a, that was a critical issue for us. We know that the, um, the CDC recommends nine to 10 hours of, of sleep. And so that was a, a wake up call, um, no pun intended, um, for mm-hmm. us to begin focusing on later start time.
1: And, um, uh, once you had this data, did you just, dis- I guess you, you, the board approved it, I, I assume. Um, and then to, how did you discuss it with the, the community, the parents, the students, uh well i would uh, let, let me just back up because
0: the the process um took time before there was actually a, a, a final recommendation for the board to approve so you know as i said there was this leading with values and a lot of discussion about the the wellness of our kids so that that was um uh focus groups with parents and and faculty and and years of discussion about about wanting our kids to um to have that sense of balance in their lives. Then we gave the survey, which Jessica, what was the? It was December of two thousand. December of
2: two thousand sixteen. Of
0: sixteen. We didn't get the data back until um, February of two thousand seventeen. Okay. But the um, the survey, you know, it focused on on engagement in school, and you know, we kind of came to the sense that our kids were. Um, they were behaviorally engaged, they were in school doing their work, they were intellectually engaged for the most part, but they weren't necessarily um, affectively engaged and really loving what they were doing. Um, Although they were loving what they were doing after school. Um, And so, you know, we worked with Challenge Success to say, well, what are some of the strategies that we can employ that will get our kids fully engaged in um, their school uh, learning? And the later start time was one of a number that, um, you know, were highlighted as research-based proven strategies. Um, So when we had the – when we were doing presentations to our community and to our faculty about the results of the Challenge Success Survey, and Jessica was part of this, we would talk about, you know, the sleep loss. We would talk about the amount of homework our kids were doing, uh, we would talk about the stress that they were experiencing, and, and all of those were, um, were key markers for us. But we would also talk about um, the recommendations, the research-based recommendations that um, were coming out of the, the work that Challenge Success at Stanford had done. Um, and that included, you know, more breaks in the day. It included rotating periods. It included um, uh, fewer periods, longer periods, and this later start time. So we had um, – kind of laid out for the community that later start time was something that we did want to focus on. Uh, And Jessica can talk about the committee that was meeting um, while this data was being collected. We had a committee that was sort of charged with um, looking at 21st century learning, a faculty, a committee of faculty, um, some students and parents. Um, and so they incorporated the results of the challenge success survey into their thinking. And all this set the stage for our, our ability to um, decide on a final time and then move forward with that. But I'll let Jessica talk a little bit about that, the work of that committee.
2: Uh, if you yes, could Jessica, that'd t- be done. great great thank you if you go back to the 2015-16 school year that's when we were um, designing our strategic goals for the district which include wellness and innovation so coming into the fall of 2016 we were really focusing on 21st century teaching and learning um, and we wanted to know how a bell schedule could support that um, and bell schedule including um, a later start time possibly so we, we convened in the fall of 2016 um, it started off with teachers and administrators. We then brought on parents and students. Um, and we really had a research-driven discussion about teaching and learning and what we wanted our schedule to be able to support. Um, so really, we were, we were reading articles on um, adolescent sleep cycles, um, different types of engagement, because if we were finding that our kids weren't engaged. Um, they can't be engaged in school if they're tired. Um, so we knew something was going on. We really wanted to focus on the wellness of our students, and that's when we decided to give the Stanford survey, the Challenge Success survey. And when we got the data back from that, even though this bell schedule committee had been meeting and talking about um, different ideas we had for a schedule, which included a later start time, it was really that data when people really saw the numbers of, you know, the, the how few hours of sleep each night our students were were getting. Um, and how overtired and overstressed they were. I really think that pushed um, this forward, um, the issue forward, and really gave us that momentum that we needed to have the community accept it.
1: So it seems from, uh, first of all, this was a long process. This wasn't something that happened in a a year. Uh, But it seemed like everyone kind of came to the same conclusion when they looked at all the data.
2: Correct. I mean, we have been um, drawing our own conclusions based on the research and our own discussions, but I think the data really solidified it.
1: Yeah. Uh, th- yeah and
2: and data for, for our own people.
1: kids.
0: Yeah. Yes. yeah. It's one thing to read the research, Ray, about the later start time and the benefit. It's another thing when you have data about your own students and they're talking to you about their levels of stress and their lack of sleep. Um, so I think there was uh, um, a lot of energy around making a change and and so the you know the committee as, as Jessica said was looking at lots of different we, we, we revamped the entire schedule actually made longer periods more breaks in the day um, so the later start time was not just uh, one lever that was pulled it, there were it was we looked at 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 uh, at time we looked at pedagogy how we were teaching more project-based learning we looked at our use of space all of those things. But then when there was this focus on, okay, we want to make the time later. Um, we knew the research around 8:30, but the devil's in the details here. So we had to, um, yes. you know, the, the, the committee came to me and said, okay, we want to, we want to go later. Um, what do you think? And, uh, and so the first person I talked to was our transportation coordinator, um, who was the, um, really a godsend in this whole process because she then had to take a look at, um, you know, are we still able to tier our buses? What would be – originally we were looking at as late as 9 o'clock so that we could um, maintain a a two-tiered system with the elementary school buses going first and then coming back and getting the high school students. Um, 9 o'clock seemed too late with the end of the day at 4 or whenever that would have been. So we, um, you know, we we ended up um, fine-tuning that. Um, with the transportation coordinator and um, ultimately ended up, uh, we, I think we started it, went back to 845, put that out to the community, um, faculty discussed that, and then we, we shifted back to finally an 820 um, start time. We were beginning at 750, correct, Jessica? All
1: right. So it was 30. And, and, and did you change uh, the elementary schools uh, and then the other schools uh, start time? We did not we um, we uh, looked at that as a
0: possibility but we ended up staying with uh, the same start time for our elementary and our middle school um, the the shift we made was we um, from a transportation standpoint we put our middle school and high school students on the bus together now we have um, the middle school and the high school are across the street from one another so we have that proximity um, but they were arriving, um, separately, uh, in prior years. So we were able to put the middle school and the high school students on the bus together because of this, um, shift in start time. High school starting at 8.20, the middle school starts at 8.25. Okay. And what about elementary uh, schools? The middle elementary schools also start at 8.25,
1: um, and get out at three o'clock. All right. So, uh, you made a decision, uh, I guess, and you said the first thing was looking at your transportation, uh, and that's the biggest obstacle I've always been told. So, uh, was there a cost to changing the the, the transportation?
0: Uh, yes.
1: Um,
0: so, as I said, the the our director of transportation was really the the, the saint behind the scenes in this whole process. Um, the the cost to us um, to decouple. Um, the tiered system, uh, and to make this happen, was going to be $365,000, um, like a 16, uh, 17% increase in our transportation budget. However, um, at the same time, she, she looked at um, taking some contracted routes in-house. Um, so for our, our, some of our out-of-district special ed placements were um, on contract, expensive contracted routes, she brought those in-house with her own drivers um, and was able to save us almost the identical amount of money. Um, so okay. for the school year in which we implemented this, it was a wash in um, the overall budget. Our budget did not increase because of that that shift that she made. Um, okay, so I will
1: say – yep. No, you finish your thought, then I'll do a follow-up. No, I so said the, the, other, the other
0: piece of this um, – was we have a sending district
1: um, and
0: uh, our sending district Cranberry K through eight sends about 270 high school students to us. Um, And so um, they also had to make a a shift and uh, for them, there was a, there was a cost. Um, So, um, I think their their transportation budget went up around two hundred thousand dollars, and um, they have a much smaller um, district, so it was a, a bigger portion of their budget. And we are incredibly grateful to them uh, for recognizing the value of this later start time um, to their students and to the students who come to us from Princeton, and um, going and finding the funds to make that happen.
1: Oh, that that is that is impressive uh, that they would. Uh... Do something like that. So uh, just uh, b- before we go on, it seems like if you're moving towards this, you do have to do your research. You do have to make sure you have local research, and also you have to really look at efficiencies in your transportation if you're yeah, another we, district we trying had, to look at this.
0: Yeah. In, we, had the, we, we understood the theory. I mean, everyone was sort of in favor of the later start time. It was really how do we make it happen – Um, logistically and financially. And that was constant conversation with the transportation coordinator, going through multiple scenarios um, to see what would work.
2: There's another um, obstacle too that um, we had to tackle, which was traffic in town. So we had to work with the police on that because we were going from school starting at almost three separate times, really two, to one time. Um, So everyone was coming to school and everyone was on the road within Princeton around the same time. So, there was an increase in congestion um, around the town. So we had to work with the police on that, about their different crossings that were being overwhelmed. Um, So we've met with them multiple times as well to try to problem solve on how to um, get kids to school safely.
1: Wow. I I never even thought of that one. I guess there's a Mm -hmm. ripple effect when you change the schedule of everything in the Mm -hmm. school because the school is like, especially when you have a high school, that's a, a Big center of the community. Uh, The other obstacle that I've heard, and I know this probably is uh, the athletic programs. Um, You know, uh, you you have to look at the the games, the practice, our kids getting home too late. So how was that addressed?
2: Well, I think with practices, um, we've always tried to work with our coaches on, you know, having them have a very good practice, but um, it doesn't, you know, talking about how much time they're staying at school and how late they're staying there. So that's a wellness issue. Um, it's only a half an hour. So I think the practice schedule isn't so tough. Um, the problem comes into play in the fall because we don't have light on our fields, So you do lose daylight as you get into the October and November months. Um, So a lot of times, and this has always happened because we actually get out, um, we always got out later than the other schools in our conference, and now we're even pushed back another half hour. Um, So our athletes sometimes leave school early, and that, um, we help with that because of our bell schedule. That also changed. Our afternoon classes rotate, so they're not always missing the same class if they have to leave early. Um, And we also have two days where the last period of the day is unstructured time. Um, for teachers um, to meet with students, for clubs to meet, so that the athletes weren't always missing an academic class. So that helped with it. Um, It's still something that I think our our coaches um, struggle with a little bit, but I think we made it through the year, and I think it's pretty good. I think the the benefits of the later start time really outweigh um, some of the challenges, and I think the families know that, and we've gotten a lot of support on it, um, even from our um, our student athletes and our um, athletes. Uh, athletic parents as
0: well. Uh, Ray, oh, okay. I would, just, I, would, I, I would build on what Jessica was was saying and and add as well that we um, instituted option two. Um, the, I think the prior year, mm-hmm. um, but that was another opportunity for um, our student athletes who wanted to, um, you know, fulfill the PE requirement uh, with some of the PE requirement with their um, sport. So they could use that time during the day to do their homework. Um, the other one of the other schedule changes that was implemented was um, additional free periods. So is it um, two, free periods every six days, one, them, yeah. one every six mm-hmm. days. So um, so we offered some more free periods where students could get um, homework done. As Jessica said, the coaches tightened up their, their practice schedules. They looked at, you know, how much time do we really need for students to warm up be- um, before a game um, and the other the other piece of this is we did have really great cooperation from the other athletic directors in the league. So they knew that we were doing this. Our athletic director reached out to them very early on, you know, because those schedules get set for, you know, football and lacrosse, you know, like months, months in the prior year, really. So they worked with us um, on scheduling the game so that they could help to accommodate our, um, our later release time.
1: What about uh, other extracurricular activities? Uh, you have music and student program, uh, student plays. There was, no imp- was there an impact on those?
2: There wasn't with the start time because they always start in the evening, uh, usually a 7.30 start for our, our, our performances. So mm-hmm. that didn't push anything back.
1: And did you still have the same amount of kids participating in athletics as you would at previous years?
2: I think we haven't noticed a decline. Actually, there's an increase yeah. um, in sports forms coming in. So yeah, no, oh,
1: maybe the no kids impact there. Maybe the kids are more awake now. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. um Yes. So what was the impact in the school though? Uh, uh, first, with, with the students, did you know Jessica? You're a principal. You you see <laughs> the kids. What was some of the impact that you noticed? Uh, well,
2: with the later start time specifically, I think almost all kids really welcome the change. Um, beforehand, before we implemented it, um, 63% thought the later start time would be um, somewhat to very effective. Um, now, um, I'm sure of close to the high 80s. We asked a question uh, this past spring about it, it was in that area. But really, you know, the kids, they're coming into school, um, just anecdotally, we've been talking about it all year, about how they do look more awake when they're coming in. Um, if you want to look at data and tardies, we had a 37% decline in tardies this past school year from the previous school year, and that, that's a huge number. That's kids, they're getting to school on time, they look more awake, which I'm guessing they're, they're probably more engaged in the classes as well. Um, but don't forget, you know, it wasn't just the later start, time. we did a whole schedule revamp. So um, it's hard to quantify if it if, if the positive change I've seen in the high school is just due to the start time or the schedule change um, within the school day or everything overall.
1: Yeah, so you can't clarify. You know, it's hard to distinguish what made a difference because you did a lot yeah, of different but, things at the same time.
2: Yeah, we, but, you know, from the survey data, the kids were feeling stressed and they were tired, and, and they were telling us that um, – something needed to change, and I really think that this is a huge change um, for us to have done. And I really think it, what it did at the end of the day was it showed the kids that we cared about them because, you know, adults, adults like to get up early. We want to start our day and be done as early as possible, but um, adolescent sleep cycles are a little different than ours, so, so we did something for them, and I think they really appreciate it, and um, and And that we really looked at the data um and the research and made a change to help the kids um I think that was huge, and I really appreciate you know the community's willingness, but really the faculty um because right from the beginning um this is going to impact their lives and their work days, and um they were on board with it
1: yeah that that was my question because we all build our lives around our work schedule um
2: mm-hmm.
1: so uh the, what was the well first of all the the faculty. I mean, I'm sure some of them weren't too happy, uh, but uh, they seemed to go, go along with this.
2: Well, they did because if you remember, we didn't say, we didn't start with, we're changing the start time of the school day. We started with a conversation about our Bell schedule and supporting teaching and learning. Right. And from that conversation, which was really a year long conversation where we met twice a month, um, the, the teachers were telling us what they wanted and we had specifications. It was, it was pretty much, give us everything you want out of a schedule. And the later start time kept coming up, um, and because we spent the whole year doing it, it w- it was not just the committee meetings; it was also the faculty meetings. We were talking about that, so it wasn't this quick change that all of a sudden just happened. It was something that we had planted the seed, and we were really discussing for a long time and being deliberate about making a good decision for the students. So people had time to plan. Um, I know people were very worried. Um, as far as teachers, they were worried about childcare for their for their kids. Um, which, you know, the, the before care just switched switch to after care in some cases. Um, but I haven't heard anything recently from anyone on that. Um, we, we just did a full school year um, with the later start time. I think most people are happy. It was a change. And sometimes um, I know that's hard. It's, a, it's daunting to change your routine that you've done for years, but I think this is actually reinvigorating to a lot of people uh, personally and professionally. So I thought it was a really good year at the high school. There was a good energy, um, and I really think it comes from the fact that we've made a change that was good for kids um,
0: and and i would I would jump in and say that the teachers could see that change so the um the conversations I had with the faculty at the high school uh, they would often tell me like my kids are more awake in my first period class They they're absolutely more engaged they're not sleepwalking um, through first period and so um being able to see that on a daily basis reinforced the the benefit of of making this kind of a of a switch. We uh, Jessica mentioned that we had uh, 37% fewer tardies. We also saw um, an increase in GPA, which we haven't completely quantified yet, but I think um, you know academic performance went up, which is consistent with the other um, the research that's out there. There was a 2017 um, study done of the Seattle public schools by the University of Washington where Kind of revealed the same thing, attendance improved, academic performance improved, um, and students got um, in that study thirty four more minutes of sleep and every minute counts for our kids
1: yeah, uh, one other thing that one other, uh, someone brought this up to me that when they discussed it some of the parents used their high school kids for uh, to take care of the elementary or middle school students. or So did you get any of that from from the parents, that they were concerned about child care issues uh, in their uh, family? Actually, um, and I'll, I'll let Jessica
0: speak in terms of, uh, you know, what she may have heard. That was very much on our minds as we began this process because uh, we had um, also heard that that would be a concern, and we were, we know that some of our, um, older students, uh, older siblings did provide um, childcare for our, our younger ones. Interestingly, we did not see that as an issue. It did not come up um, for us, but we had this added benefit that we didn't anticipate, uh, which had to do with our um, our older siblings being able to be there in the morning to see their younger siblings off to school and I don't know Jessica if you want to say a word about that oh
2: uh, yeah it was very good so the high school is located right next to the middle school and the middle school used to start after us so our high school kids would sometimes come in late because they had to walk their younger siblings to the middle school so now they're walking to school together at the same time and I think that is where you see the tardy the decline in tardies that we had I think a lot of that comes from some childcare issues that that existed beforehand, but not so much now. And after school, the middle school gets out a little bit earlier. Um, So what has happened is some of the middle school kids actually come to our front flagpole area and wait for their older siblings. And at the high school, we're actually getting to know the middle school kids um, better through that. And also because our kids are on the buses with them. So it's actually building relationships. So that's something that we didn't foresee. And it's it's a positive piece to it.
1: Was there uh, anything that, okay. Okay. Let me just finish this question. Was there any other issue that arose that – or positive and or negative that you were surprised about? Uh,
0: well, Jessica mentioned the traffic congestion. Yes.
1: <laughs> and I don't – I mean, she was
0: very gracious in the way she described that. I'm not sure we've completely solved that. So um, it's, a, it's a larger issue in Princeton as a, as a community – it's a small community that continues to grow. Um, so it's, it's a, it's an infrastructure issue. We, so there, there are two aspects of the traffic congestion. One had to do with sort of the, you know, the drop off and pick up, like when we actually had, you know, all the buses and kids and, and cars converging at the at the high school and middle school at the same time on those same roads. Um, and we, we, we worked with the police, um, uh, after the first day, we made some, we made some changes, um, and then this, uh, this spring, we actually worked with them again and put into place, like, a three-week trial of, uh, of a different um, configuration uh, for, for pickup that's working even better. So I, I think we are in a good place with regard to, you know, the traffic situation for, for, for drop-off and, and pickup. Um what Jessica was alluding to is now we have, we have six schools, four elementaries, a middle school, and a high school, all kind of beginning at the same time. Um, if everyone would take the bus, we would be okay. But we have, um, you know, students who are driving. We have parents who are driving students. And so we have the roads in Princeton um, at that, you know, 8 o'clock to 8.30 time get very congested. And we have not completely solved that issue.
1: Wow. It looks like you really did do a lot of good research on that. So you've done it uh, for one year. I mean, I know you research it, which seems to have really helped. Uh, are there any things that you're going to tweak this year? That,
2: well, you we've move always forward? said we're open to. Yeah, we've always said that we're always going to reevaluate um, and we're open to change. Uh, for next year, um, actually, we met this year with the Bell Schedule Committee and we did a few surveys with students about possibly tweaking the during-school um, schedule. Um, we And we experimented with a different schedule. We moved our lunch break. Um, and then we did a survey, and the kids said they wanted to keep it as it is. Um, as far as the later start time, we're going to stay with the same one for next year. Um, but as other schools, because schools are visiting us in the area um, and from other counties as well, as more schools hopefully move to later start time, um, we we could move even later, or we can adjust. We're, we've always been open to that. Um, I think the the 8:20 start time, you know, it's good for our transportation right now. Um, you know, we did want to get as close to 8:30 as possible. I think we've always been open to change. Uh, we're and, and I think that's what the, doing this later start time. I think it really kind of opened the door for us um, to take risks and to be open to changes in the future. Um, to help our students. So this is not – we're not married to this schedule for the next 20 years. I think we're always going to be reevaluating and, and assessing um, the current needs.
1: And well, you be – and I guess you would do the same thing with your entire schedule in terms of the the class schedule and everything of that mm-hmm. sort, just reevaluating it uh, on a regular mm-hmm. basis?
2: Well, yes, our committee uh, will meet. And so the other does. thing I would – yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and we're and we're going to be
0: administering the, the challenge success survey again, um, so you know we will be able to get feedback from the survey on you know stress, sleep levels, engagement, um, those kinds of things. So we'll be we'll be getting that data, um, and if there are um, recommendations that, that come out of that, we'll we may make some changes. We'll continue to evaluate the, the drop off and pick up and, and traffic in town, and um, and we're going to continue to talk to. Um, to the many other districts that um, are interested in in shifting the um, the start of their school day. So we've had, uh, you know, six or eight that have come to visit us this year, and I'm sure that will continue.
1: And uh, you probably, hopefully, it would be some of the ones that are in your your athletic conference, too, so to make things a little bit easier, too. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: That would be nice.
1: Well, if everyone was on the same schedule or a similar schedule, then that, that, that kind of obstacle can go almost go away to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm um,
0: interested to know, oh, go ahead, go
1: ahead, Ray. No, you finish.
0: Well, no, just the, uh, knowing that this, uh, the science is so clear on this um, and it's a, there are very few quick wins in education and, and this is, this is one. um the, the real obstacle is the, the finances around transportation, um, and I know the, the state was, um, had done a, a research on this um, issue and had found that uh, later start time really was something that was beneficial, and there was discussion about making it, um, providing funding uh, for districts that moved in that direction, and it would be nice to um, have that conversation re-energized. Um, to see if there is um, some financial support for districts that that want to be making a change that will benefit kids. Uh,
1: so, and, uh, what would be some of the recommendations you would give to districts uh, if they if they're exploring this? Uh, is there? I mean, looks like you a studied it really you, you didn't make the change overnight. No. Uh, so it took no. time, and the conversation was years. Uh, which I think probably helped with the, uh, the staff, the faculty too, because sometimes when you try to change things overnight, you get more pushback.
0: Um, so my
1: recommendation, I go back to where we began the conversation. I
0: would say lead with your values, make sure that you have um, a mission statement and goals that, that support student wellness and that there's conversation about that um, and a commitment to that um, by the, by the, the faculty and the families and, um, the leadership in the district, Uh, I think the uh, leading with data and um, doing some kind of a survey to find out how um, your students in in whatever district are really uh, experiencing the the school day and looking at levels of stress, levels of sleep, levels of um, homework, um, so that you have um, specific data about the students that you care about. and then uh, and then leading with uh, discussion that's, uh, that's research based and and wide open. So um, one of the things that'm I'm, I'm proud of with our district is that this was not like a one off um, switch. Like we were looking at um, our use of time, our, our shift in pedagogy, um, even our, our looking at use of space differently. Uh, and so this was one um, the later start time was um, one element of a uh, of a number of research based changes to enhance uh, student learning and engagement
1: yeah it's, uh, and then talk to your transportation actually, coordinator a lot <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh
1: well obviously that 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 is important because that that's probably the hardest thing to that's going to be a, a direct change uh and and there's financial and uh just time logistics, we'll and I never even thought of the traffic. But I have driven through Princeton, so now that you mentioned it, it does make sense. <laughs> uh, just don't, just don't do it between eight and eight thirty, right? <laughs> no, 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 I won't do that. Um, Jessica, as a principal, what would you, if, if, would uh, recommendations or advice you would, would you give to a, a high school principal who's doing this?
2: Well, um, well, this started with our, our former principal, Gary Snyder, and he was just very purposeful about the process. And I think it's really, like Steve said, you sit down and, and you do your research. We never sat down and said, we need a later start time. Let's figure out what it's going to be. It was, what do we want for our students? What do we want for teaching and learning? Um, what type of school do we want to be? And, and, you know, like Steve said, we lead with your value. So I think it's, it's just a process of um, – just gathering um, different voices, bringing people to the table, and, and doing things that are going to benefit students. Um, and really talking about not necessarily um, how it's going to happen, but, but what you want. Um, and, you know, so we just we really just presented a list of what we wanted for our kids in the form of a schedule to Steve. And, and we didn't worry about the transportation or the cost. We just gave them a wish list and um fortunately we we got what we everything we had asked for um but that was really i mean steve and donna who's in charge of transportation they really made it come together
1: and um just to reiterate uh the impact it seems that uh, there was a question in the chat room what was the impact uh they came on late uh in the classroom so it seems that your gpa and and kids got to school on time which probably mm-hmm. there's a connection to that uh so it seemed mm-hmm. like the kids uh Academic performance increase too.
2: Yes, and with that, hopefully, is engagement, which we'll find out when we give the uh, survey again this December. But but one of the things that people kept saying to us when we were talking about later start time, and I'm I'm sure most people in education have heard this is, well, if you start later, they're just going to stay up later, and and that's from people who really have not done the research on the adolescent sleep cycles. Um, it, it's talking about the hours that they sleep. Not um, they usually stay up till eleven. So our kids. They, they didn't just um, come, they're not going to bed later and coming in later. Um, they're coming in on time, and I think that's the data that we have. When we see that 37% decline in tardies. That 37, that decline at 37%, that means the kids are in class and they're learning. They're present where the, they formerly were not. So I think that's just really big, and um, I think that's really important to look at. You know, we're getting the kids to school. More of them are on time, and they're more awake. And I think they're enjoying. I think, like I said, I don't know if it's the start time or the overall schedule, but it was a really good year. There was a really good energy in the school uh, with the kids, with the faculty, and I'm excited for next year.
1: And I just want to reemphasize the one point you made because uh, that was the the other thing I had heard is, well, they're just going to stay up later. Uh, uh, But that's, I think, not just in Princeton, but I think in other areas where they have done this, the kids do get more sleep because they, don't, they, they pretty much go to bed at the t- same time that they were going to bed before. Exactly. I mean, that is a really important point. So adolescent brains are
0: different. Uh, I think most people would recognize that, but they, they really they don't fall asleep um, much before 10:45 or 11 o'clock, um, and their brains really don't come out of sleep cycle until well after 8. Um, so they are going to bed. At, they're falling asleep at about the same time. They're just getting more sleep, and as the Seattle – um, study showed in 2017, they've got 34 minutes more, um, of sleep in that study. And our, our kids are probably getting about the same amount, but it's not just the amount of sleep. It's also, um, the, the, um, the brain being more awake. So, you know, they may be, um, sort of sleepwalking through the, you know, from 730 to 830, but by 830, the brain does come awake. And that's the engagement that we're seeing in our first period classes.
1: And, and that's uh, probably more important than some people might realize is that first period um, – well, you also changed your schedule so that the first period and the last period are not always the same class, but um, – Correct. We Before this, we had kids in class trying to demand academic achievement when they probably just were ha- only halfway there.
0: Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um I think I've asked you all my questions. Is there any final thoughts that you have?
0: Um, I'm just, I'm just really, I'm proud of, uh, you know, of our entire district's commitment uh, to this uh, really healthy high level learning uh, for students. Um, it's a, it's an obvious but not so easy shift to make, um, but it's, it's worth it. And um you know, I'm, I'm grateful to uh, to Jessica and the faculty at the high school for um, standing behind this. Um, and as I said to uh, to our transportation coordinator and to our board, um, who never wavered in realizing that this was the the right thing to do for for our kids.
1: Okay, Jessica, any final thoughts from you?
2: Um, well, no, I you know. I, Everything Steve just said, really, it was just the support of the community, the board, um, the administration, but really, you know, a lot of this was teacher-driven and student-focused, and I think that's why everything went so well. Um, But also, you know, we've had visits from other schools, and we've always been open to people reaching out to us, and and we give them our our input, our feedback, so, um, you know, we are open to that, We, you know. I think this is good not just for Princeton kids. I think it's good for all kids. Um, so I really hope that more schools um, go to a later start time. And and I, I'm I'm glad that we have this platform now to get the word out. So thank you, Rob.
1: <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, this was a great learning experience for me uh, because we all talk about it, but uh, you're kind of like one of the first ones to put your toe in the water, so to speak. Um, and change is hard. Uh just changing 30 minutes was was probably pretty difficult. Just personally, were you guys a little nervous the, before school opened uh, that
2: last year? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. And, you know, we were mean with the police. I think it was two days before school started when we realized some of the issues. So um, I think we knew it would work. It was a little chaotic, but uh, we got through it, and I think we'll have a great start this school year. Okay.
1: All right. Well, I'd like to thank uh, Stephen Cochran, the superintendent of the Princeton Public Schools, and uh, Jessica Baxter, who's the principal of uh, Princeton High School. Uh, Thank you for informing us about this change. I think a lot of districts are thinking about this, uh, and you helped set the platform and uh, a model of how to do it, I think, pretty effectively in terms of doing your research, communicating with your community and staff and everyone else, um, and keep looking at it as you go forward so thank you for joining me thank you thanks very much ray thank you okay bye now